Terry and I have this emergent process that we're very <laughs> fond of. We sort of make it up as we go along and change it regularly. <laughs> and it suits me just fine, and hopefully people don't go crazy too bad. <laughs> I came back to the States in 2009. I had been living in England in a monastery for 20 years, and I come from the tradition that I ordained, the first time I ordained was in 1991. So I had been a nun for 19 years before the Bhikkhuni ordination took place in 2010. So I've been a nun over 20 years now. And there's vast blessings that come from being in the monastic tradition, and I could spend a very long time talking about that. And for people who are in this in this Western culture, there isn't much contact with monastics, and so I'm slightly extraterrestrial. I'm aware of that, and and people don't know the kind of deal of how I live or or how it goes or how it works or any of those things. And and hopefully over time it becomes less. Um, bizarre, more comfortable, and even uh, appreciating the, the richness of what can happen when you have contact with monastics. Okay, The tradition has a huge rich history and legacy and lots of wonderful things in it, but there are a number of things in it that to me are outdated, and one of them is the bias against the women. And the other is the, 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 the power structure, which is, is that the monastics had exclusive reign over the power structure. Okay, So these were oasises that lay community were part of and were nourished by. But all of the decisions about the teaching and all of that took place from the monastics now. Terry has been teaching for 12 years now or longer. She's been teaching for 30 years <laughs> in the Vipassana tradition yes. for, for 30 years. Wow. <laughs> there are many people who've been teaching for a very long time, 30 years or longer, which is the same amount of years that I've been a meditator. Okay. So we have a, a situation in the West which is not never happened in the East, which is that the lay community has come into a, a prominence and a groundedness and a leadership which did not happen in places where the monastery model was the was the primary basis. So for me, one of the things that would be really uh, of interest to me is to create a different model where the senior teachers are part of the leadership of a community that supports the awakening of everybody. So in a nutshell, the vision is not just to create a monastery to train nuns where we're not importing the, the biases that we learned and to come through another way that works for women, but to create a, a model that works for everybody. And so it's, it's like to create a Dhamma village where the monastics are present and everybody who is wanting to participate has a way of interacting or being resident or visiting in the way that they want to. And it actually is supportive and conducive for everyone. Not just oriented towards the monastic needs and that people can slot into it if it works, if, it, if, if, if those needs are, are working for them, you know, where everybody's needs are taken into account. 
So it's a it's a pretty wide open vision, you know. It's actually, uh, you know, most people have enough just to try and see if they can get a monastery to work. And I can appreciate the challenges of making that something simple, or or with one set of precepts working before they expand it to something much bigger. But part of the reason why I feel that this vision is necessary is because the relationship with the monastics, I think, would would be much healthier if everybody's needs were being met. And in Asian context or in traditional context is not the context that we're living in any longer. You know, those contexts are, we can't superimpose those ideas into this society. We need a different way of looking. So that's one whole element of it. But the other element of it, which is something that probably comes through in the way that Terry and I teach together, is an integrative model. It's not only interested in contemplation, it's interested in integration and understanding and has with it a sophisticated understanding of psychology and of energy and of body and of... uh, because these are also part of what I feel is important, not only to be free, but to be a whole, rounded, integrated person. And so for me, part of my aspiration is is towards integration and fullness rather than towards just profound depth at the expense of all these other things. Please, yeah. Yeah. We owe a great deal to the monastics. We would not be able to practice. We would not have the teachings. The teachings came all to us from the monastics for 2,500 years. And um, it's very precious to have someone with us who has really given her whole life to the teachings. And most of us choose not to do that and that's fine. You know, we each have to go with our own calling. And yet to have the inspiration of someone who is so committed that she's actually given up everything, you know. I mean, it's really, it's hard for me to grasp. I have to kind of get are you really real, you know. <laughs> to live in this world without money, without food, unless it's been offered, is an amazing thing. I mean, you know, it's like, if no one serves her breakfast, she doesn't eat breakfast. And now, just to get that, if no one offered you breakfast, that would be a different view of everything. And so her way that she's chosen to live is not easy. And yet, she needs to honor something deep inside her to trust her path that is such an incredible gift to the rest of us. So I very much would like to encourage um, her coming to offer teachings and uh, just the depth and the richness of her practice, which comes through her presence and her kindness and her softness, that I encourage you to just make use of it and take it in because it's quite a gift. So, uh, extremely, yes. A quick question of it. Um, it seems, I think, about a year or so ago I heard you talk, and um, I thought you were 
going to put together a residential community? Are you still um, having that as a goal? That would be both monastics and lay people, or how how do you plan to do your aspirations? Um, what I I've had a bit of a reality check, which is only that the, it's not that the vision is is incorrect or not needed. But until there are the right conditions to move forward with it, so until there's the support of a, of a, of a community that are interested in making this happen, until there's enough finances to kind of, so the thing can float and move forward, then rather than try and make it happen, what I feel what I need to do now is to write about it and talk about it and embody it and see if that helps bring the conditions needed in order to take it to the next step. Okay, so I'm doing more writing now and less traveling, but there are there are many ways that people can be part of making this happen. And just like we had a board meeting on Friday, and there's some board positions that are open. We have a need for a person to coordinate volunteers. You know, we have a need for people to somebody to step up as a financial controller. We have a need for a secretary. So as the community is interested to make this happen and actually step up into roles where the things that are needed can be actioned or fulfilled, then we have more basis to move out from. But until that gets strong enough and clear enough and steady enough, I feel that my role is to live as a, as a hermit nun, to write, to travel a little, to teach and to embody this new way of being, which is, it has to do more of, of a way of being with people and in the world rather than, than anything else, you know? So it's really, it's up to you, you know? It's not, it's not up to me. It's up to you. It's up, it's up to people feeling that this is something that's important and that they want to make it happen. Because it's, it's, it's not something that I can do as a solitary person. It's going to require a collaborative effort. Um, can you explain to me a little, because I just don't know, what monastic life was like and how it does relate or interrelate to the lay people? So the, the community that I come from, the, the, the monastic and the lay community are interdependent in the sense that as monastics, Terry was describing how I don't handle money and I'm not f- storing food or cooking food. And my rules are, are requiring of that. You know, as it's turned out that because of the support in Colorado Springs, I've needed to make some accommodations around that. So the, the, the monastery is an oasis. The doors are open. The meditation hall is open. The teachings are offered. There's a donation box in the back. Nobody is asked to pay money to come to anything. The accommodations are there, available. The food is offered. It's a place where people can come. Okay? And there's a donation box in the back. Nobody usually talks about dawn in a monastery. Okay? And so it creates a situation where there are people who are committed to this path and then become spiritual friends and spiritual advisors to anyone who seeks their counsel, who create space where people can practice, who offer retreats that people can attend. Um, We had family camps for children. So it was like a spiritual oasis. And people plugged in at whatever level that they were interested in. 
The Vipassana scene in America is based around meditation. But the traditional scene is not. And so people came and they'd garden. Or they'd chop wood. Or they'd help with the office. Or they'd cook. It's only the Vipassana scene in America that is completely organized around meditation. But a monastery is built around community service and generosity and celebration and uh, Dharma talks and community living and celebrating passages of life like marriages and births and deaths. It's a lifestyle. And so the lay community plugs in as a way of anchoring their lifestyle in a context that supports them to do it in a way that is with a with a with an emphasis on using life and what arises in life for awakening. So, for example, I remember it just comes to mind, you know, a family of four. The mother was dying, so the mom was pregnant with the fifth baby, and they all came to the monastery because the mom the mom had died. So they had four kids, and one still in the tummy. And the abbot was talking to everybody about death. And they they talked about death then. And then they came back with a tree to plant and the whole community gathered. And so there was a way of supporting this family and the children to navigate something which was very human in a way that a whole community supports, holds, and, 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 and deals with. That's one example. Another example is that somebody was sick and they came and they offered alms food to the monks and the nuns as a way of, in a traditional context, generating merit. And then when the person got well, they came back to celebrate. Okay? So the monastery is an anchor and an oasis to, to, to celebrate and honor the, 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 the life, life transitions and to use it all for awakening. And the reason that they don't have to mention dana in the other cultures and in those cultures is that it's embedded in the system and people naturally are giving. That's their practice. Their practice is sila, or offering. And in our culture, we actually have it wrong we get that somehow or other that this is going to make us happy. Getting makes us happy. That's what we learn. Getting more makes us happier, and more makes us happier. And in fact, when you try it, stepping back and letting go actually really makes us happier. So you don't need to take anybody's word for that, but try it. It's a way of opening the heart. It's what we really want to do. It's what we want to do. And it's important that we become... It's not It's not even something that we do. It's something that we are, that we become a giving. So that our lives become a giving. And that can bring about tremendous happiness. And I really encourage you all to explore that. Having who you are just you know an offering that's what we're here for to give and receive from each other you know on very deep levels and that's what nourishes us is what feeds us is when we give of each other we give ourselves deeply 
and we receive deeply from another person, it's like that's what it's all about. <laughs> it's like you have that deep satisfaction when you've really offered something or when you've really received someone else. So it's a beautiful, beautiful way that you can start to live. And it's not easy in our culture because you're going to match energy with a gimme, gimme, gimme. And try it. It doesn't make us happier. It makes us more worn out and, you know, it takes all our time. (laughs) It's exhausting. So just bring that practice into your daily life as a practice. And, you know, when you're rushing around, stop and do a little offering or something. And on a practical level, if I may say, can I say something else? Because there is a Donna box in the back of the room. <laughs> and all the Donna will go to uh, support um, AMA. And it's um, it's customary. And it's it's good to give financially if you can. If you can't, don't worry about it. But it's like we all need to give um, what's appropriate to us. And she has to live. And she has to, you know, she has to be in the world like us too because she's this, uh, she's a, a person <laughs> and there are ways a lot of ways that you can <laughs> and as she said it's good to give volunteer time help support finances living expenses and all of that so and your uh, your any gifts that you give are very well received and they actually are um Acts of purification, you know, acts of letting go. So, do and, and don't do too much where you give too much and you don't have yourself left. That's not right either. So, it has to be felt, it has to be felt each time. It might be different. Sometimes we feel, you know, a little more I want to give. That's okay. Sometimes, but it's a practice, like all practices. And we're trying to keep this tradition, this lineage alive. Uh, through the press, through Donna. And sometimes it doesn't work because some teachers can't survive. So um, hopefully it will work for us. Okay. Anything else? Metta. Metta. So we'll close with a metta. metta.